Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Nakama Podcast. I'm your host, Cruz, and I'm here joined, as always, by my wonderful co-host, Sound. We're going to be talking about some horror movies today. Yeah, we're going to be continuing the theme with horror movies, Cruz. (laughs) Of Halloween. So the big three uh, when it comes to Halloween, when people think of October, these are the three big uh, movie icons that most people think about. Michael Myers, a.k.a. Halloween franchise. Yep. Jason. Jason Voorhees. The other big, the last one. I feel like this is the weakest one, uh, Nightmare on Elm Street. The first one was good, and then they were like, but what if he was a cartoon character? Yeah. And most of these, none of them really had that good movies. No, um, they, they, I think they, they stuck around because they were doing things that weren't like common for horror movies and for slasher movies specifically, but none of them are necessarily like 10 out of 10 movies. In fact, I don't even think any of them are like eight out of 10 movies. The first Halloween is good. The first Halloween is good as a, as a product of like the, the time that it came out in. Yeah. And I think all of them, the first movies are good because when you end up finding out in Friday the 13th that it was really his mom killing people, Dev still was like, all right. It's a neat twist, mm-hmm. which at the time, like every movie like that needed a twist. Like yes. you even had Sleepaway Camp where it was like, oh, mm-hmm. turns out the girls uh, or the, the dude's uh, sister who has been people this whole time is actually the dude. He's got a wiener. Yeah. Ah. Mm-hmm. So these big three did do a lot for horror, yeah. but they also helped with the, the shitty parts of it, which is always hypersexualizing teenagers. Yeah. And it's just like, why do we need this? Well, Halloween didn't do that. Yeah, Halloween was Halloween the only was one. just a guy stabbing people yeah. <laughs> in the dark. Which... But Jason, that was like, we gotta have premarital sex. Pre- to, to to Jason Voorhees's credit, okay, he didn't like it either. That's why he murdered all of them. <laughs> you you were always able to tell who was gonna die next based off of who was smoking pot or fucking right. <laughs> but that, that's another th- yeah that's one thing that the slasher genre kind of made is like there always has to be a sexy scene i mean did did friday the 13th not friday the 13th uh did uh nightmare on elm street have I'm, sexy scenes yeah the when the girls are in the sh- or when they're taking a bath remember the scene with uh, freddy's glove was like, that supposed to be a sexy scene i don't think it's supposed i thought to be she sexy. was just like relaxing in the bath and then his glove comes out and then it's like Brah, murder but i mean at the same time when people were watching that thing you're like oh shit we're about about to see some titties and i mean then, i guess there was a lot more died. like and i mean just in general in like the 70s and 80s casual titties was mm-hmm. like a thing in movies yeah like even in like a pg movie there's still like a good chance you're gonna see some boob yeah why and is then, that not a thing anymore because people got soft uh, and no, I, no, I can understand. There are certain, like, you don't need casual titties on, like, The Parent Trap or Home Alone. That'd be weird. Yeah. Or even well, Frozen. I mean, it would like, make sense in Actually, in it makes Home sense Alone. in Home Alone. Yeah, he's because, Home Alone. yeah, exactly. So what that else? One, yeah, that, one, like, that oh, actually does make sense. fucking Uncle Dave's DVDs are Yeah, VHS. Uncle Dave's a creep. He's yeah. got a bunch of these Playboy magazines. Yeah. Let's take a look at them right now. I, well, I think he does look at a Playboy, but you don't see Yeah, it. no, you don't see anything. Mm-hmm. Um, but I can see how, you know, maybe Wreck-It Ralph doesn't need some casual titty out, you know, action. But, like, there are some movies where, I'm not saying they'd be improved by a casual titty, but they certainly wouldn't be diminished by a casual yeah. titty. I think, like, um... Anything with, like, anything based off of Greek mythology, throw some titties in there and no one will even give a shit. Yeah, and some penises. Yeah. 
He's just like, you see Medusa, and like everyone's going to focus on the snakes and the hair, but mm. the, the, you know, you're going to see the titties, but the snakes are the important part. Yeah. So, like, no one's going to care. You get the token going on, you get the one boob out. That works thematically, mm. you know? Yeah, but circling back to the to the big three. <laughs> the only one that really, really, like, he, like hinged onto the, like, teen sex thing, though, was... Jason. Jason. It was mm-hmm. Friday the 13th. But again, also very much like, yes, the movies themselves were like, ah, look at all these teenagers fucking. The guy in the movie was also very much against it, though. He didn't like the teenagers that were fucking. Yeah. The final girl was the final girl for a reason. Or final guy, I guess, in, in this one. Because mm-hmm. it's the kid. Because he, <laughs> for lack of a better term, he was a virgin. Yep. I think the same with Halloween, because uh, I'm Scalder, Sandra Bullock. Um, the main girl, Jamie Lee Curtis. There we go, Laurie Strode. Yeah, I don't think she fucks in any of them. No, she doesn't. And her I know her friend is very much like. Yeah, her friends fuck because they're yeah. like, oh, come on, let's go out. That's a good point. Yes, we can have the a Halloween bang. party. Yeah, and she's like, nah, I gotta take care of kids and save yes. money for college. And they're like, fucking nerd. Those movies really were just like an ad. Like they knew teenagers were gonna watch them, so mm-hmm. they still very much had that like Saturday morning cartoon. Like, and this is why you don't do these things, children. Yeah. That's weird. Mm-hmm. But I think, like you said earlier, it is a product of its time because yeah. nowadays they do that shit and it's more blatant. Like it's almost in your face. It's like- I mean, they also they also update that shit, right? Like even the most recent, the most recent Friday the Thirteenth movie, Jason X. No, Friday the Thirteenth. The lot. Do you thinking about Halloween? Halloween is the only one that's no, no, no. Friday the Thirteenth, the one that came out in like two thousand fucking six. I want to say it was Jason seven. X, and then it was Freddy versus Jason. No, 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 no. I'm talking about the reboot. Oh, I didn't watch the reboot. Yeah, that came out like 2013. Yeah, it was with, it was with the dude from Supernatural in it. Yeah. Um, even with that I one, they were like that they're that... college kids, and there's yeah. also only like one scene with titties where this girl's out on like a boat in the middle of the lake, and she's got her boobs out, and like literally like two seconds after whipping her tits out, some dude on the boat gets shot by a crossbow <laughs> by fucking Mr. Voorhees who's standing in the tree line trying to murder these fuckers. Yeah, I didn't so watch he saw that titties one. and yeah. he got angry <laughs> yeah he's like god damn it <laughs> these <laughs> sinners my christian bible <laughs> yeah <camp." laughs> but yeah no even with no the... wonder adrian likes him so much <laughs> right even with the new ones like even when they did like my bloody valentine and all that stuff those reboots mm. all of those got updated to like these are college kids yeah or sometimes you get slashers where it's like these are they're just in there's people in their 20s they're not necessarily in college they're just mm. we're in a small town and these people are in their 20s look at this girl's ass and it's like okay yeah but i think it just comes down to more people being like that's kind of weird that we're watching a 16 year old twerk i don't think that's it i think what happened was more of a cultural shift away from high school even being like an important thing well I, yeah i don't because you think, think about like older like 70s 80s movies <clears throat> Even in the 60s, a lot of those movies were like, oh, kids, these are kids in high school. It's the prime of their lives. Which is sad. And like now everyone's focused on actually being an adult that like you get, you still get like high school centric shit, but it's very much like, I can't wait till I get out of here. Or how's this going to set me up for the future or my family life. But I just happen to be in high school because it's when kids have the most like hormones going on and therefore are the least agreeable people that you can interact with. But as far as like the idolization of high school, I think we've moved away from that. And I think that's why these characters stop being high schoolers just because 
you want to pick the people when they're at their like at their best, right? They they're at the most potential because when you cut them down at their most potential, it's the saddest. And before culturally, I think we all decided for some reason that was high school, and now we've decided that I guess because college has become more important mm -hmm. that oh it's that. And I'm sure down the line when college becomes less important, because it will become less important. Who knows? We might be doing slasher movies about people in their 40s. That would be really weird. Some slasher movies about people who are 64 years old and about to be able to qualify for retirement. Yeah. I'd like to see this. But I mean... Actually, that, no, I'd, I would unironically like to see the slasher movie set in an old folks home. But that, that's how um, army movies are. Yeah. That's, that's the format. It's like, God damn it. This is supposed to be my... I was supposed to be retired last week. Yes. Again, circling back to the, the three. Yeah. I never cared for them when I was growing up. I liked them. Uh, I, I definitely wasn't somebody who got like super duper into slasher yeah. movies. I think the one that I think I liked the most as a kid was Friday the 13th... Not Friday the 13th. Um, Nightmare on Elm Street. But because of the concept of like, oh, you can't go to sleep. He'll get you in your dreams. Mm. When you're a child and you're like trying to go to bed, that's probably the worst one because like mm. th the act of going to bed is the thing that is the danger. Not it's it's not just like, oh, if I pull my 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 blankets down from my face, will I see a someone? It's more so just like if I fall asleep, will I get murdered? Yeah. I didn't think that it was kind of a dumb hook that like the thing that defeats him is just don't believe in him anymore. Yeah. That was hella weak. Because then it's like, well, because it kind of defeats the purpose, right? Because then like the people who don't get attacked by him don't get attacked by him because they don't believe in him. But then if you convince somebody that he exists, then that person starts believing him and they can get attacked again. But they didn't believe in him in the first place. So it's it's like a weird, it's dumb. It's like the Slenderman cycle. Yeah. Like you figure it would just be like, stomp this, stomp this dude out in your dreams. And then... Yeah. Just light him on fire. Yeah. Again. Mm -hmm. For the second time. For the second whole ass time. Yeah. So that was like popular when we were growing up and we're in our late 20s. Yep. About to go into our, our early 30s. And I've definitely noticed the shift in not slashers no more. That's not the big thing. The big nope. thing is like ethologies. No, not not the biggest thing, but it's something that is popping up. And I think it, it has to do for the fact that now we live in a day of age of YouTube and Twitch yeah. where people want to watch one thing. And then it's like, all right, that was cool. Now let me watch another spooky thing. And I feel like that's the reason ethologies have been growing up or popping up even more, even though they did come out back in the day with the Crypts of the Tales of the Crypt. Tales from the Crypt. But there we go. He had Tales from the Crypt, which started off as a magazine and then became a show and then became another show and then became an animated series. Uh, and then he had Creep Show as well, which was very much inspired by, and I believe with a lot of the same people who worked on Tales from the Crypt, that was a similar thing. And then recently you have the VHS movies. Yes. Um, I do, like, I, I would definitely co-sign what you're saying, but I also think it has to do with the fact that, like, now, I mean, cameras are everywhere like mm. your phone is a camera and even if you didn't have a, a phone with a camera for some fucking reason uh you can buy them for like yeah. hella cheap mm. like you i mean granted there's still some expensive cameras that are like couple thousand dollars but you can find a a really good dslr camera for like 150 bucks that you can record stuff on and yeah. so you wind up getting to the point where everybody who has an idea has the ability to do the thing even if they say they don't they do yeah so you wind up creating an environment where like there's a bunch of people who have stories to tell and it's just a lot easier to do little bite-sized, you know, mm -hmm. these are, when you start making <clears throat> anything, you don't 
you don't jump in headfirst into yeah. the biggest thing you can do. Nobody's like, let me make a movie. It's, let me make it's gonna the be, first Avatar. Like yeah, that it's, it's going to be a 16-hour space opera with full special effects. No, it's going to be like a, there's, there's like three characters in it. I'm yep. filming it in my house uh, on an iPhone yep, the with my family is members. The budget is $100 and Little Caesars. <laughs> yeah. Or sometimes like the budget is I asked my boss for uh for an advance and so the budget is my next week's pay mm-hmm. and next week i will have to eat subway and little caesars and that is it so like you just you create an environment where more people are able to create more people are willing to create and mm. and also all that education is fucking on the internet you need yeah. to go to school for this nowadays the only real reason to go to school is either a if you're not driven enough to teach the stuff to yourself or b you live in an area where there's nobody else that really does the same thing around you so you go to college you can meet other people who do the same thing yeah and um i think one of the reasons that uh the ethology catches the attention of so many people is for us and maybe not even for us really at least not for me you know you would go over to someone's house and you know be like oh i heard about this spooky yep. story and that's what anthologies do it's like every little thing is its own thing so like if you're into vampires maybe you'll see one that deals about vampires you're like, there oh, are shit. a few yeah yeah and you're like oh shit that one was good and then if you're into more of like a spooky spirit ghost you know that's the thing about the anthologies is there's so many there has to be one that you're gonna be like i resonate more with this one yeah in the first vhs i know my fate my favorite one was the aliens one but that's yeah. just because i like aliens but i think out of all of them all of the ones from the first vhs the one that scared me the most is is not even like the strongest one it is the weakest one i think it was like the third one about the couple they were going like on a trip to arizona and there's like a person outside like their motel room yes and then like you end up finding out spoiler that the dude's girlfriend like kills him in his sleep and then she like the the person outside was like her other girlfriend or whatever Mm -hmm. and the reason that it scared me is if you can't even trust your significant other who the fuck can you trust yeah i mean that's also Mm -hmm. like if, if we're, like real talk that's also more true mm-hmm. uh out of i think it's like out of like all of the murders like some like 86 percent are done by people that are like directly like with the person who yeah. got murdered so it's either your partner or your parents or mm-hmm. your kid or your neighbor or a co-worker yeah but it's it's very much one of the people that you will interact with during the day is somebody who is Far, far, far more likely to murder you than some random guy. Yeah. If you uh, interact with someone in a day, they they now just shoot up in percentage of possibility of murdering you. Yeah. So that's, that's why yeah. I have the mentality. If any of my friend, if any of our friends murder someone in the interview, be like I seen it, I seen the shit coming. I had always had weird vibes about Jacob. <laughs> <laughs> Adrian did a school shooting. I saw that coming. <laughs> he doesn't even <laughs> go to school anymore. Yeah, I know. But yeah, that that's the one that scared me the most. And it's not even like the best one. Yeah. Because the other good one is the siren one with the girl with the big ass eyes. Yes. That ended up getting her own spinoff. Like yeah. that one is more scary than the one that I'm saying scared me the most. But I think that so just has that to... one is the one that you're referring to is a lot more relatable, though. Mm-hmm. Every other one is very much like here's a, a creepy, like almost like mythological character. Here's mm-hmm. a, a weird piece of folklore. Whereas the other one is just like, here's a woman who murders a guy that she knew. And it's yep. like, that's a thing that legitimately yeah. happens all the time. Yeah, I have more to say on that later, but 
continuing with the anthology that that's the good thing about it too is like there's so bright there's so much variety that again you you're gonna have to find something that you like you'll find something that you like yeah and it's kind of like an anthology for for like a genre is very much like a buckshot attempt at grabbing mm-hmm. an audience because the the video or the whole movie may be like two hours long but what you're doing is you're putting like 10 shorts in here that are like you know or, or 20 minutes yeah 30 minutes some of them i mean no yeah, there, there them are a couple like, of them where it's like three or four minutes yeah because uh not we we keep bringing up vhs but another popular one is uh love death and robots yeah love death and robots fox yeah that's another although that one isn't explicitly horror but there are a lot of yeah. horror things in it mm-hmm. most yeah i want to say like 80 percent is horror and the other one the other 20 just is kind like, of general sci-fi mm-hmm, or just like wackiness yeah but the one thing that i i liked about tells of the crypt is there is a more of a not like a narrative thing but it's like all self-contained like it's just like Oh yeah, here here's this book, <coughs> and I'm gonna read you this story, little kid. Yeah. While VHS and Love, Death, and Robots, there's like nothing that ties them together. VHS, VHS does. VHS v- um, VHS tries to tie them together, but it's do it does it very loosely. The newest one after Part Three, Viral, is another movie called Southbound. Yeah. And that one is more like the stories in that one they kind of connect to one another, yeah. so it loops back. And I've, that's when I brought up VHS 4 to you. I was like, oh, there's another one coming. And apparently they're taking things from Southbound and putting it in VHS 4. So it's more like some of them will connect. So yeah. there's going to be a reason why shit's going on. Because in the in the VHS, it's just like straight up, oh, I found this fucking VHS. Yeah, the VHS first one was very much like it was, stick it, in. it was based off of what was an actual phenomenon in like the early 90s where um, people would make compilation vhs tapes of mm-hmm. like just things it's kind of like how faces of death popped up where it was like oh all these videos of people dying all around the world mm-hmm. put them all into one vhs and you would literally just like share these with yeah. people you knew by handing it over to them or mailing it to them the yeah. internet was not a thing and so vhs1 very much tried to take that format of like well one of these tapes that i you know maybe got distributed at some point in the past but like this is why it was put together. It's put together by somebody mm-hmm. taking a bunch of videos that they found, putting it under one, and being like, "This is one tape of like what the fuck is going on." Yeah. And then they they did some other stuff with the other two. Yeah. the The second one, I think it's the same thing. They go into a house, they find yeah. VHS, and the third one is the weirder one because it's the one where it's supposed to be viral, and it's like an ice cream truck that is just blazing through LA, yep. emitting these signals because yep. someone downloaded it. And they were just like, what the fuck? And yeah, even and they in very the much stories... started taking like that route too of like the videotape is like haunted mm-hmm. or something to yeah, it. Like it because... causes you to go crazy or yeah. mad, something. Whereas like the first one was very much just like, this is a videotape with some fucked up shit on it. Mm-hmm. Like, I End think, of story. I think it also like, it introduced like little like, oh, if you watch these tapes, something goes wrong did with it? you. Yeah, because. They, they did like a, a mm-hmm. grudge thing with it. Mm-hmm. Like nothing comes. Actually, no, I think something does come out of the VH. I can't remember. It's been a while since I've seen oh. it, but no. They do the same thing where it's like, what did, what's going on? We're going to, I think they were going to break into they're someone's bre- no, house. No, they do break into someone's house. Yeah, he's like, That's oh, yeah. He's like, yeah, we got to find this VHS. And they find a bunch of them and they're like, all right, fucking homeboy, watch, watch them. Maybe you'll find it. And then, like, as the story progresses, like, the people start missing until there's just one person left. 
I guess, yeah, I guess I, I mm-hmm. guess I forgot that part. Yeah. So then the overarching story is some guys break in, find a, a haunted VHS tape because they're looking for it, mm-hmm. and then decide to distribute it and have it affect a bunch of people? I don't... I I know that's how it goes for the part three, but in the second one, I don't remember. I but think... I'd have to imagine it's the same... Like, it's the quote-unquote same tape. Yeah, something... But uh, overall, anthologies are badass. Uh, yeah, I, I think I think for all of their faults, we're like, yes, because it's a buckshot attempt. Uh, you may sit down to watch a horror anthology, and 9 out of 10 of them, her ass cheeks to you. Yeah. But one of them you may like. And yeah, there's a good chance you're going to like it. I, yeah. I bet you uh, a Subway sandwich that you will <laughs> like it. At least one. Yeah. And uh, and it's not just VHS because I think it's like, what, ABCs of Death? ABCs That's, of Death is one as well. Yeah. Not as good as VHS, which is... no. Saying a lot because VHS is not that a good. Solid either. five out of ten. Yeah, it to me it's like a six. Like if I were to watch it, I'd be like, I'm down to watch. If I were to watch this with my girlfriend, she'd be like, No, I don't want to watch this. Yeah. This is dumb. Personally, I think anything that is in that like anthology format does get a plus for me, mm-hmm. just because generally speaking, an anthology is not made by one person. Yeah, it's multiple. It's a, it, you know, it's almost like uh, if you were running a contest and then you had people throwing entries, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you wind up getting different writers and directors and, and, and so the concept of an anthology is just attractive to me because it's like, I get to see a bunch of stories from a bunch of different people who are not alike each other. So they're going to come up with different things. And even if the execution is absolutely terrible, there's still entertainment to be found there because it's like, oh, this is what other people other than me, these are, this is what other people who aren't getting big budgets who haven't quite made it yet are able to put together. Mm-hmm. And sometimes those people actually do go on to do some really yeah. good things. Yeah, I know the in VHS two, it they they were in v, the both VHS, but in two, it was like the uh, some kind of Asian culture like cult in the yeah. middle of the fucking woods, and they're like they bring in a woman, and they're like, "What the fuck's going on?" And there's like some demon at, she like gives birth to satan at some point but there's like a there's like a dude who just explodes mm-hmm. and it was just like what the fuck and then yeah it is like a demon that like chases her down mm-hmm. but i know that guy that the reason i bring it up is that director um i don't know his name but i know that he does do other shit and that's typically why his is like the better ones out of all yeah. the vhs so far number two is the best one i think that's the one that has the ones that i like the most because uh, there's like a zombie one yeah. and it like shows you the few times the point of view of a zombie because mm-hmm. there's not that many zombie media that's like so this is what the zombie's thinking yeah like so this is what it's like to be yeah. one of these things uh-huh. <coughs> so yeah like uh, as far as anthologies go I think that's sort of the benefit of them and uh, an important thing to mention too uh, one of the reasons why they work so well right now is because when we were kids, the thing that was popular was slasher movies. But as we got older, we started getting into this era of found footage movies. Yes. Where it was like intentionally made with a shitty camera mm-hmm. and like some people you've never seen in anything before because they're trying to pass off what you're watching as something that is real. Uh, Blair Witch Project did it. And then obviously all of the paranormal activity movies, um, save for like the last two of them where they kind of it did the... They, like, half did the found footage thingy, but then mm. half were just, like, who gives a fuck? Yeah, the Cannibal Holocaust. Yeah, Cannibal Holocaust. That's an old, old one. Mm-hmm. But that definitely is probably one of the first real big, like, found footage movies. Yep. 
but they really started to take a hold in two sort of, yeah the early 2000s yeah. late 90s early 2000s and then they held out for a while until like yeah. like 2011 2012 is when you stopped really seeing them yeah, but now we then we went to the Conjuring yeah. franchise, so. and we went back to what is, I guess, traditionally just like a more standard horror movie. Mm-hmm. Because you look at stuff like Conjuring, and I'm not saying it's as good, but it is very much in the vein of something like uh, The Omen or The Exorcist, yeah. where it's just like Children of the Corn. Yeah, where it's just like a movie that is scary. Mm-hmm. It's not trying to be anything more than a movie that well, is scary. If you like jump scares, are scary. Cause I that, mean, but also yeah. The Omen and Exorcist. Maybe not as huge of a reliance yeah. on jump scares, but they were not absent. Mm-hmm. So, um, again, there's more of like a a move towards what was a traditional horror movie. Yeah. For like the, you know, the 60s, 70s, and 80s. So, we've kind of looped back to that. But I think these anthologies work because of that foundation on found footage. Because that, f- like, format also allows for just random people to make shit. Yeah. Because you don't need, you don't have to look at these movies and be like, well, shit, the barrier for entry is so high. We need no. these $25,000 cameras and these huge production crews no, and yeah, this budget. For... It's just, let me pick up a camera and my friends and go outside and we'll film it in the woods. And yeah. like that is the baseline for what it if takes to, to make to one of those. If you go to school to make movies for anthologies, for your... You don't you don't need that much. No. I think twenty thousand debts. So that's that's not that much in a movie, but that's more than enough for an anthology like your short thing. Twenty thousand is enough. There's also uh, one reason why Which anthologies, is crazy. anthologies, and generally found footage movies are way easier and less expensive to produce. Uh, it's not just because like you can use whatever equipment you want, and you can film them wherever you want. It's also that the very nature of them means that you don't need people. You don't need actors to sell the product, right? Yeah. Which means you can do something that is not SAG-AFTRA, which mm-hmm. is the uh, Screen Actors Guild. You don't have to pay these like huge fees to get yeah. an actor because you're just hiring like your friend Josh from Target. <laughs> yeah. Who, you know, he's just going to come in and pretend to be the security guard. And quite frankly, I, I mean, I think that that's a great starting point for people to learn this stuff because Mm. oftentimes the best way to learn how to do something especially artistic is to just fucking do the thing and the first time you do it it's gonna suck yeah and the second time you do it it's gonna suck a little bit less yeah because i know that's how um george romero did it with land the living dead he did not have a but he had a very small budget it was a very it was supposed to be a local thing and it just happened to explode because night of the living dead was very small. And the same with the Evil Dead series. The Evil Dead series. Sam Raimi, yeah. yeah. He was like, we, we uh, Bruce Campbell was like, we would offer him like beer or food no, no, no. or something. No, no, no. Uh, Raimi, <laughs> Raimi paid them in like beer and food. Yeah. To go out to, I mean, you're talking about filming for like a couple of days. Mm-hmm. Like not 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 like a three to five month production like a regular movie like very much like we've got a week in this cabin mm-hmm. let's film a whole fucking movie but I mean also even recently David F Sandberg may not be a name that you guys know off rip right but this is a guy who made one he made quite a few but one short on YouTube that really took off called Lights Out which oh, was yeah. about. Mm-hmm. A woman mm-hmm. turning off, like every time she would turn off the light in her hallway, she would see some person standing mm-hmm. in her hallway. She turned the light back on, person disappears. And she becomes afraid of turning off the light to the point where she like hooks everything up in her bedroom to like not 
so she doesn't have to turn off the light and then the light goes out and this thing uh sort of appears next it's this whole it's it's a jump scare but it's a very well done jump scare yeah it's a very well done little short uh and then he got a huge amount of recognition for that and then a bunch of other shorts that he also did and then he went on to make lights out as a horror movie Mm -hmm. like a legitimate actual horror movie came out in 2016 uh it did was, the Annabelle movie yeah. and then also did fucking Shazam for the, the DC movie, which was probably the best. Yeah. One of the best DC movies they've done. Now, that's not a high bar, but no, it's not. But I would say Shazam, even against a lot of the Marvel movies, is a very good movie. Mm-hmm. There are multiple Marvel movies worse than that. And yeah. it's because this guy was able to start producing movies in an environment where it just became way more accessible for everybody to do that. Yeah, and then going off of that, there's there's people that just go to YouTube and like take shit because Cargo is a is a zombie. It was an Australian zombie movie. It was like a like a five minute thing. A family crashes. The mom's a zombie. The husband's like, ah shit. Our baby, he gets bit. Oh, yes, that started off as a. <coughs> I never saw the actual movie. I only saw the short, which yeah. is about a dude mm-hmm. who is slowly turning into a zombie mm-hmm. trying to deliver his daughter to, like, anyone. a safe haven, yeah. right? anyone to keep, take care of her. Somebody who's not a zombie take this baby who is also not a zombie and then put a fucking bullet in my head mm-hmm. because yeah. I'm done. Yeah, it got Keep to... me from eating my baby. Yeah, and it's even more fucked up because he knew he was turning, so he does the fucking cartoon thing and puts his baby in front of him like a carrot. Yeah to move make him move towards something yeah. and yeah that started off as a youtube uh short and then it got turned into a movie and i think it's also called cargo and i believe the actor is um martin freeman mm-hmm. it is martin freeman yeah yes so i youtube definitely you can make if you have if you wanted to make an anthology yourself, you can. You can on YouTube. There's like you definitely literally can. no reason why you can't. There's a YouTube channel that does just spooky shit all year round, and their shit actually gets picked up from time to time. I and it's not lore; it's a no, different no, no. one. I, I know which one you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, the, um, the because the, I know like one of their flagship monsters is like the the tree lady. Yeah, yeah, and then they had that like boogeyman mm-hmm. dude. Crypt TV. Yeah, there we go. Crypt TV. Crypt TV. Uh, I would, yeah, I would one hundred percent check them out. Especially um, right now, if you want some spooky shit, and oh you, yeah, if you have never seen Crypt TV, watch it. We will. Let's not talk about it, so people can just go in blind. But definitely, the birch. That's the name that, of the, the tree lady. The birch. Yeah, the tree lady. <coughs> Now, not again, as is with all anthology things, not all of their things are solid 10 out of no. 10, but the the approach of an anthology in horror definitely makes it so that way the likelihood of you finding something that is good is way fucking higher. Mm-hmm. Because even then, like you invest time in a bad horror movie, you're wasting an hour and a half. Yeah. You invest your time in a bad horror short and you're, ma- you're wasting three to 20 yeah. minutes. Mm-hmm. At most 20 minutes. Yeah. 20 minutes is a long one. Yeah. We talked about this. Some of the horror movies that I enjoy, right off the bat, Evil Dead series, Evil, oh, Evil Dead, Dead One, Two, Army of Darkness, and the TV show. Even though the TV show just oh, and the remake and the TV yeah. show just ends, that they, they they had a fight and they just don't want to continue it no more, which hell sucks. But another one that I really liked is the. If you've watched this before, I've even brought it up. You're a real one, but the Midnight Meat Train. 
Yeah. That it sounds kind of like a porno, but it's not. I swear. <laughs> that kind of does. It's yeah. It it is about um. Uh, this is Bradley Cooper before Bradley Cooper got big. So this is before Limitless. Um. He he wants to before Limitless. Yeah. He wants to be a uh a photographer, and he ends up taking pictures of this dude at in at the the last train or at at whatever city he's in, and some crazy shit starts to go down. So he's trying to discover it slash starts to get obsessed with this guy that he's taking pictures of and you just got to check it out to see what the fuck happens but it, it the ending comes out of nowhere but it was a um not a drum carpenter movie uh not a chris jericho movie oh what the fuck who's the guy who made it because it, it used to be a story first clive Barker. there we go clive barker not chris jericho he's a wrestler yeah uh clive barker Barker does a does a bunch of shit, and this is one of the movies that I think did pretty well. Like if you watch, if you read the story and then watch the movie, you're you'll most likely like both. Yeah. And then the the last uh franchise that I really like, Min- Midnight Meat Train is not a franchise. This is just a one off movie, but the Final Destination series, as shitty as they are, I've always liked them. I remember I would always get excited to watch the newest one, even though they're not very good. They're very no. assed here. The first one was okay, but you watch these ones just to see like how what creative way is this person going to die? Because I, I remember in the second one, this lady gets her like head decapitated with an elevator and it's like that shit will not happen in real life. Yeah. That shit can't, can't even happen. Maybe at our work, but it, the elevator would not go up because no. the, the doors will close and then you'll be like, well, fuck, this hurts. But your arm's not going to come off. Yeah. And for me, I mean, as far as horror movies go, obviously we can sit here and we can talk about horror movies all fucking day. But uh, if I had to recommend three, which are all, I guess they're not all entirely different, but they are very much tonally different. Um, the first one that I would definitely recommend is uh, a movie called From Beyond. I don't know if you've ever seen that one, Sal. No. But it's based off of an H.P. Lovecraft story called From Beyond. In the story, it's about a, a dude who beats the shit out of somebody, gets sent to a psychiatric ward, and there he meets a guy who can, like, communicate with, or supposedly can communicate with people through, like, a dream portal into another world. The movie, it's very similar, except it's it's not two people that are, um, it's not two people that are stuck inside of a mental institution as, like, patients. They're both scientists, uh, or rather, a scientist and his assistant, but uh, they they discover a way to open a portal to another dimension and like the first scientist dude gets eaten or murdered by a creature from beyond. And that's what makes the assistant go to the mental hospital is because he, you know, there's a, there's a crime scene. The cops come and he's like, you guys will never believe this. A man came out of the sky and murdered. He came actually he came out of the air. He was a being made almost entirely of air, ripped this man to shreds. Uh, and because he genuinely believes it, because he saw it happen in front of him. They're, they're, yeah, this guy's fucking crazy. Throw him in the asylum. Uh, and it is very much like a combination of like body horror, cosmic horror, just a lot of blood. It's not a particularly scary movie. It's just one of those movies that you watch and you're like, it's fucking cool as fuck. Uh, and it's with the guy who played uh, Herbert West, Reanimator. Really? Yeah, he's the guy who plays the assistant, and it's just a solid fucking movie. <clears throat> he did a lot of Lovecraft movies, actually. In fact, he did a, a movie, I forget what it was called, but he did a movie where he played H.P. Lovecraft. Really? As very much like an Indiana Jones-type character. <laughs> what the fuck? Yeah. So, uh, 
he played him more as a character than any actual depiction of the human who was very much not a person who would get out and go anywhere. No. He was he was very like a very much a reclusive person. Yeah. Very few friends. But um yeah, no, From Beyond is a solid movie. It's like an eighties movie, so definitely very cheesy. Uh but following on that Cosmicore thread, one that I would also recommend highly that I know you've seen is Event Horizon. Yeah. And that's about uh the crew of a starship because they're in space because it's the future. And it's called the Event Horizon. That's the name of the ship. The ship they're on is not the Event Horizon. Isn't it? I'm pretty sure it's called the Horizon, no? Uh, the ship that they're looking for that is... disappeared is... Okay, that's probably... Is that ship. And yeah. that's that's the one where they board because they're like, oh, mm-hmm. everybody... This ship, what happened? And then they find like these logs yeah. that, are just, <laughs> that are just like... They're just videos of what happened beforehand. And it's just this, like, blood orgy. And I mean blood orgy because they're, like, fucking and stabbing each other and, like, mutilating the shit out of each other. It turns out this ship went through an event horizon. Just fucking interdimensional travel into probably hell and then found its way back. Yeah. Sands all of its occupants. But the ship is is no longer, like, uh, an inanimate object floating through space. Because there's something on board that is influencing mm. all of the people on the ship that have come to like sort of reclaim what's on there. Yeah, it hella gives you uh, Dead Space vibes. Yes, very Dead Space 100%. vibes. And and so like I, the tagline for it was something stupid, but it was it was essentially like the idea of like that you know like the ship went to hell and it it brought hell back with them, mm-hmm. uh, and it's it's a fairly gory, very disturbing. Yes. And just cool as fuck horror movie. Mm-hmm. And it's, again, this is not something that I would consider to be, like, uh, a particularly scary movie. Yeah. It's just, it's got a lot of really great ideas to it that, I think that's why it it, it resonated with me. is because of the ideas that it sort of put forward, rather than it being particularly scary. Yeah. I think it was probably the first, no, second, because I played... I played uh, Eternal Darkness first, but it's one of the first things that I ever saw that dealt with like cosmic horror in any way. Because mm-hmm. it was it was Eternal Darkness, and and then I think this one, and then I think from here this is where I probably started getting into Lovecraft stuff proper. But um, it's a solid it's a solid one. And yeah, it's, it's very good. It's very much based on Lovecraft without ever actually being based off of anything he wrote. Yeah, it's based off of like a lot of the ideas that he put forward. Uh, either through like uh, Dream Quest of Unknown Cadith or even something like the uh, Mountain of Madness, Mountains of Madness mm-hmm. or something like that, but uh, without actually being an adaptation of a story. And that movie fucks. And I've yeah. seen it upwards of 20 times now as an adult. And yeah, it, it's it it's ass. one of those weird, to me, it's one of those movies. It's just like, how have you not seen this? Like, yeah. Same with like the Evil Dead. It's just like, well, yeah, I just barely watched the Evil Dead series. Pretty good. And it's like, you barely watched it? What the fuck? Yeah. And huh. so, like, I don't know. It, it also, yeah, it is very much one of those movies where if you watch it and then you, you, you're you cognizant of the time that it came out, you can see that it influenced a lot of other movies as yeah. well. Mm-hmm. Like, it itself was also influenced by movies like Alien and stuff. But there are things that, that Event Horizon did that you didn't really see beforehand outside of a book. Yeah. And then you started seeing it pop up in things like Warhammer and things like mm-hmm. Dead Space. And then also... Did Hellraiser come out after? Hellraiser came out before. 
okay. But there is Hellraiser ash yeah. stuff in here. Hella, Hellraiser. But also Hellraiser was again something that uh, took a lot of inspiration from Lovecraft. Yeah. Well, the first two or three movies and then they make it about Pinhead after that. It's like Pinhead is the real bad guy the whole time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Instead of it just being like, hey, I'm just a dude. Yeah, because Pinhead was like the little leader of the Cenobite yeah, group. Yeah, he's just like, I just but... come here to get some more pleasure and that sucks to be you. Yeah, he's just like, I'm just here to fuck and stab at yeah. the same time. And then later. Because that's what we're into. Yeah, and then later he's like, I'm the bad guy the whole time. <coughs> but, uh, but as you were saying, the movies that you would recommend are not typically scary. That's something that I've definitely noticed as a child. There is one that I would that I would recommend that I would actually say is a little bit scary. And it's one that maybe it's only scary from an American rural perspective. Maybe, you know, uh, a French guy living in Paris would not find it to be a creepy, particularly a creepy movie. But uh, The Witch, I don't know if you ever saw that one. Uh, um, I want to say yes, but all I keep thinking of is Hereditary. The Witch is uh, an A24 movie, which I believe also worked on Hereditary. So I think there's some there's yeah. some stylistic mm-hmm. like similarities there. No, I'm, The Witch is the one with like the family butt fuck nowhere, right? They're like um, not necessarily pilgrims, yeah. but kind of. Yeah, they're kind of yeah. like farm. Yeah, no, I did not watch. It. I've, I was, I wanted to watch it because it was just like I remember watching the ads for it. And it's like, yeah, oh shit, there's something in the woods, and then I just never watched it. Uh, yeah, the witch is about a family. They're like a just like a nice little Protestant family in like early America, uh, who gets kicked out of like the little commune that they're a part of the little city and so they move to another area that's like closer to the woods and it's this uh this mom and dad and they have one elder daughter which mm-hmm. that was the first appearance of anya taylor joy uh and then they have twins and then the the wife just had a baby a little baby named samuel uh samuel has not gotten the opportunity to be baptized yet and un- unfortunately before he can He's uh, abducted by a witch from the middle of the woods who murders him and uses his corpse to create a flying potion. This isn't, mind you, this is not a, a fantastical, like, um, anything goes kind of like wacky movie. They try to. Yeah, I. They try to anchor this down as, like. I've heard that this is a very slow burn movie. Yes, and for some people, it may not work because yeah. it is a very slow movie, uh, slow, slow burning movie. Because at the beginning, you're not even, as an audience member, like, you're not even convinced that, like, there's crazy shit happening. And then and then one day, the the two twins start talking with the family goat. Like, having a full-on conversation with the family goat. Family goat doesn't say shit. But the kids are responding to the goat as though he is talking. And then the next time you see the goat, he's standing on two legs, walking around. And only until the... only until he realizes the parents have seen him doing that does he start acting like a regular goat again they all sort of uh imply that it is the the elder daughter who was a witch because this is during the witch trials and it's once you get to that point that that it goes from being a very slow burn movie to everything ramping up all at once there is a scene that i can still picture in my head vividly uh you're you're shown the image of a woman who was breastfeeding a child you pervert and then it cuts to what's actually happening and she still she has her whole titty popped out 
and it's being pecked at by crows just ripped apart and it is like when i saw that shit in the theater dude when i saw that shit in the theater i was like what the fuck what is this movie and it just it keeps going down that road and it gets progressively like it gets progressively more like creepy and there are a lot of things in it right like you take the the witch stuff aside and a lot of that slow buildup where you know you might have been like oh this is a really boring movie you you walk outside into your town where you're surrounded by fields and then you go you know what second thought kind of creep me the fuck out yeah kind of kind of made me a little bit worried about where i'm at right now because mm. some of this shit like which is sure throw that shit out the window some of the other shit though not out of the realm of possibility and the movie again very much tries to ground itself as like a thing that is happening there's yeah. no you don't drop that sense of reality in it it's it's one of the few movies that i've seen where they they pull off magic without having to sell you on the concept first yeah and uh that leads to what i wanted to talk about about horror is as a child growing up you know you get scared of the jasons you get yeah. scared of the freddies the fucking even the, the chuckies even the fucking gremlins yeah and like that stuff would scare you but i definitely notice as you get older most people that get older it's not the 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 slashers the monsters that scare you it's like what you're saying it's what is implied or what is the thing that you can't see is mm-hmm. that scares you it's 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 the step where your mind has to rationalize it mm-hmm. where there's a there's like a ghoul in the darkness and you're given just enough information to know something's there and your brain has to make up the rest of it. Yeah, because um, going back to what you were saying that you stepped outside and you're like, oh shit, maybe there's a witch out there in the lettuce fields. It's not It's not the witch thingy. I don't want to give away too much because yeah. I generally recommend yeah. the movie. But, but there um, are some things in there where you're like, you know what? That person does remind me of some people that I've met before. Mm-hmm. Ugh. Yeah, but go, uh, going off of that, there's things like um, when Paranormal Activity first came out. Yes, that was a big scared, one. Yeah, that scared the shit a lot of people. It was like, that could be my neighbor. And because they were hella going off like, this is a uh, found footage. The police, someone yeah. stole this from the police. They, they, they ripped off Cannibal Holocaust in the mm-hmm. whole like, we're not even going to have the actors at the premiere. We're going to yeah. pretend like they're real people. Yeah, yeah. there was like, a, like, oh, this is a public announcement kind of thing. And I remember people being scared, like, oh, shit. Theaters were putting up signs, mm-hmm. being like, yo, if you are weak, if you're a little bitch, don't watch this movie. Yeah, and then The Conjuring, they always have like a priest, apparently. Yeah. Because it's cursed. And it's yeah. just like, then why don't they send you a priest when you pick up the movie or rent it? And why don't they have a priest? Like a to-go app for priest where you just hold up your phone and he's just... Or or here's an idea, right? The the final cut of the movie, just have a priest bless that and then make copies of the blessed mm-hmm. version. Yeah. I don't think it becomes cursed again. I think, it's, I think it still remains blessed. Yeah. And they just distribute that movie and it's no longer cursed. Mm-hmm. But it, it's definitely as you get older, the the... The the bump of the night, if it's a monster, that won't yeah, that no. won't scare you. But if it's the bump of the night where it's like burglar, yeah, it's like rapist. I don't live in a nice neighborhood. 
what what was that? There shouldn't there should be no one in my house yeah. but me. You know what? Actually, it has been freaking me out more recently, and it's because of fucking Fernanda. Hmm. So the house creaks a lot, right? Because it's an apartment building. Yes. And anytime that you get a a, a more than one story structure, the weight of things on top will just generally make things creak. Mm-hmm. However. Fernanda has instilled this idea in my head. That there's a midget in the attic. A homeless man in the attic. Uh-huh. Because sometimes you hear things and it sounds like steps. Mm-hmm. And in my brain, I know like what I'm hearing is downstairs. It's not upstairs. Yeah. Or but Fernanda's like, no, no, no. But it was in the attic. And I was like, no, that's the fucking downstairs neighbor. I know. He gets up at three in the morning because he goes to work at four in the morning. Yeah. I know it's him. Yeah. In a little bit, that car is going to turn on. But until I hear that car turn on, my brain goes, but what if there is a homeless man in my attic? Dude, that's why I always sleep with the doors locked. Yeah, same. Dude, like I always, like I live with roommates, and I know that they get annoyed that they always have to knock. And then most of the time, if I'm in my room, I'm playing Xbox, so I have my headphones on, and they're just knocking <laughs> because I don't hear anything, and it's because I lock my door. Like I don't give a fuck. I I lock my doors for everything. Yeah. Because I know when Brittany's over, if Juan knocks, most of the time Brittany doesn't lock it. Yeah. Because uh, I think one time we were recording and he goes to knock to tell Brittany that he's leaving. And he's like, can I come in? And she's like, yeah. And he opens the door and he's like, the door's not locked. What the fuck? And Brittany's like, yeah, Sal locks the doors all the time. And I do because it's just like, yeah, I don't know what if one of these niggas is trying to kill me and shit. Mm-hmm. It's like, I know, realistically speaking, a locked door will buy me. Like five, five to seconds. 30 seconds, yeah. depending on the, the strength of the door and the determination of the person trying to get through. Mm-hmm. But at the very least, it'll buy me time. Yeah. And that's when you reach for the Glock. Yeah. That's when you pull out the Mac 10. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I've had to do that before. That shit's <laughs> not comfy. When you hear somebody banging at the door like two in the morning and you're like, all right, got to go do this thingy. And then, uh, and then you go and you check the door. And it turns out that it was just like, oh, yeah, I wanted to come knock because you left your headlights on. And it's like, thank you. My battery won't be dead when I go to work in the morning. That's great. But uh, freaked me the fuck out. Yeah. But uh, I think that's it for the episode. Yeah. Uh, that's pretty much all we really want to talk about was some horror stuff. Mm-hmm. By the time you hear this, AJ should be on and we'll be talking about some other spooky yeah, stuff. Yeah, we're going to be talking about some spooky juegos videos. That's video games for uh, none of you Spanish speakers out there. Mm-hmm. Anyway, Anyways, uh, yeah. you can follow us uh, on Instagram, Nakamapod. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter. You can follow us on Facebook. You can also check us out at Nakamapod.com where we've got all of our socials, little write-ups about ourselves, uh, and then also links to every other uh, piece of media that Salad Bites Media does. You can find that actually at the, at the very bottom of the page. Uh, I set up the website myself, so it fucks. Uh, until next week, though, we'll see you guys later. Bye.